world where every belief is challenged, where do we go? You are now listening to the Truth of the Matter podcast, where the world is seen through the lens of scriptures, with your host, Jedi Milano. So hello, welcome to the Truth of the Matter episode of our series, Imago Day. So now we're discussing the third episode, which is the Covenants. With our featured special guest, Pastor Brandel Manalastas from Victory Fort Bonifacio. So before that, I'd like to... Gusto ko muna mga musta sa aking mga co-hosts. So how are you guys, Sam and Nathan, doing today? Yeah, we're doing great, Jody. Thank you. So excited to listen to our new guest. Yeah, it's great to have you, Brandel. Thank you, Brandel, for joining us. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule to join us for this episode. I'm excited. Okay, so how are you pala, Pastor Brandel, before we start? Um, doing good, doing well, and I'm also, same as you, I'm also excited for uh, recording with you. I've listened to your podcast, and it's I, the conversation language is something that uh, really uh, is encouraging because uh, it doesn't make theology somehow uh, intimidating, but it's something we can discover, something to talk about. So I'm excited to share with us today. And thank you very much, Pastor Brandel, for accepting our invitation to talk with this episode. So with that, uh, without further ado, uh, go ahead, Pastor Brandel, take it away. All right. So um, uh, can I pray for us first before we start? And and I, I want to pray also for those who are listening. Um, Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, for um, Truth of the Matter, this podcast, God. The pray, Lord, that... Um, uh, you move in and through us. And I pray also um, you would prepare the hearts, Lord. Excite us for the value, God, of covenant, your your love for us, your per- pursuit of us, God, and having that relationship. Um, may we have fun uh, talking about you. May we learn also and magnify your name in this podcast. In Jesus' name, Amen. 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 So we'll be talking about covenants, and um, it's I think it's a um, it's a term that we've heard in many ways, but at the same at the same time, not also understood how it's um, uh, placed together. So, I'll do a short um, teaching on it, and then um, maybe we can converse after. So, a covenant is a formal agreement between two or more parties. Uh, biblical covenants are uh, this. Uh, these are the things that are referred in Scripture where God sovereignly established establishes a relationship with his people with his creature and um, enters into a treaty that involves involves both his promises and responsibilities for each party he puts himself um, in an oath uh, with his covenant promises and there are three types of covenants um, number one is the royal grant the royal grant is an, an unconditional promise that God gives and fulfills so it's independent uh, of its uh, beneficiaries. The beneficiaries sometimes they don't have to do anything, they don't do anything, but God gives that promise. This is a God-initiated treaty that requires no future actions from its recipients. So that's number one, royal grant. I'm giving these terms because we will see what types of covenants they uh, God uh, went into with, with with Israelites, with Israel, and um, you see also the responsibilities that they. Uh, had to some in some covenants that they had to do. The second is suzerain vassal. The suzerain vassal is a conditional kind of covenant that God establishes with a person or a group of people. God keeps the suzerain vassal covenant for as long as the other party 
fulfills the responsibility of the treaty. And the last one is parity or kinship covenant. It is a um, covenant made between two equal partners uh, or groups of people. For example, Abraham and Abimelech, King Solomon and King Hiram, Jacob and Laban, David and Jonathan are some of the examples of these covenants. So I'm giving these terms because it's important for us to somehow see the weight of the of the covenant and at the same time the graciousness and the goodness and the loving Uh, nature of God pursuing a relationship with His people. So the first covenant is the Noahic or the Universal Covenant. You can see that in Genesis 8 and Genesis 9, the Noahic Covenant is a reaffirmation of God's original intent of His creation. Uh, he promises that the natural order will be never destroyed again with a flood. This is the fulfillment uh, that was mentioned in the creation mandate in Genesis 1:26. I'll read it up to verse 30. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and, and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on earth. So God made man in his own image and the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea or the birds of the heavens over the earth living that moves on the earth and god said behold i have given you every plant yielding seed that in in, in the on the face of the earth and every tree with seeds in its fruit you shall have them for food and every beast of the earth and every bird to heavens to everything that creeps on the earth every Everything that has a uh, breath of life, I have given every green plant food, and it was so. Um, why is this important? Because we can see here that's the original intent of God for creation and man's dominion over what God has created. But there was a flood, uh, there was a catastrophe that happened, and then after that catastrophe, God made this covenant with them. In Genesis 9, 1-7, And God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And it's the same. There's a semblance with the first creation mandate. The fear of you and the, and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth and upon every bird of the heavens, upon everything that creeps on the ground and all the fish and the sea. Into your hands they are delivered. So it's the same mandate. Every moving thing that lives shall, shall be food for you. And as I gave you the green plants, I give you everything. But you shall not eat flesh with its life, and that is blood. And for you, your lifeblood, I will require a reckoning from every beast. I will require it from man. So there's a responsibility from his fellow man. I will require a reckoning from life of man. Whoever sheds blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed. God made man in his own image, and you will be fruitful, multiply, increase greatly on earth, and multiply it. So, um... You would see somehow a semblance of the creation mandate, and at the same time, in this, uh, in these verses, you would see uh, a foretaste of what is to come, but earthly and multiply in it. This is an example of a royal grant. The validity of this covenant is not anchored on Noah's obedience or a response from any of his descendants, but solely on the faithfulness of God. So that leads us to the Abrahamic covenant. Despite the continued rebellion, the Tower of Babel, 
um, God still continued to initiate a relationship with his creation. The Abrahamic covenant highlights God's choosing of man and one nation that will be his instrument of his blessing to the whole world. This covenant started as a promise in Genesis 12, but it has been strengthened and ratified into a royal grant, uh, an unconditional covenant initiated by God. Uh, we can see the promises here that uh, this nation will be, be led to a promised land. He will be made into a great nation and have many descendants. Uh, through him, all people of earth will be blessed. So the fulfillment of the promises in this covenant are not dependent on Abraham's obedience as the covenant bearer, but God showed himself in Genesis 15, 17 to 18 that he was the one who moved and made this covenant. Uh, to come to fruition. It says there, When the sun had gone down and it was dark, behold, a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch passed between these pieces. So it was God who was doing the move. It was God who was making sure that the covenant would happen. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham saying, To your offspring, I give this land, so on and so forth. So the next is the Mosaic covenant. Later, we will see how all these things would piece together. Uh, the Mosaic Covenant is a covenant God extended to Moses that instituted laws to provide specific ways to live as a chosen nation. Remember, in, in Abrahamic Covenant, there was already a nation that was spoken, that was said by God. In this one, the somehow the, the vantage point where we are looking at is that they are already God's people, but a God is putting some ways and guardrails, parameters, laws, how, how sinful people, how his people would be able to live with a holy God. Um, so Moses, in this, in this, in this covenant, um, God provided specific ways to live as chosen nation, as God's chosen nation apart, uh, that is set apart for him. The blessing of being God's treasured possession, kingdom of priests, as you see it in the Bible, a holy nation, are to be truly realized as they obey God's laws stipulated in the covenant. Prior to the giving of the law, God gave the issues, uh, came to an agreement and commanded them to obey His voice in Exodus 19 verse 5. And they agreed to do it. So, okay, these are the laws and then they agreed to do it in verse 8 of Exodus 19. And the Lord has spoken we will do. That's what the Israelites said. So it was an agreement that these are the responsibilities, these are the laws, and this is our relationship. This is our relationship. And they, they, they said, okay, we will do it. Now the Lord has spoken and we will do it. Well, God's royal grant in Israel and his chosen, chosen people remains in place. Again, they were already God's people. The conditionality or the condition placed here pertains to the blessings and curses. You will see it in Deuteronomy 28, 13, Leviticus 26, that are linked to their obedience or neglect of God's laws. In our, in our time today, when you obey, you know there are blessings. When you disobey, there are consequences. So the same as a suzerain vassal, there are blessings. There were blessings and curses for them if they, were, they will obey or they will um, take heed in what is in the covenant. So... Um, just as the Noahic covenant guaranteed the preservation of human life, so we're trying to piece together now the covenant of human life on earth, so is the Mosaic covenant guaranteed the preservation of Israel. So I hope you see the gradual shift and the gradual 
um, putting into a greater picture what the covenant is from a pres- from preservation of human life. Now it's preservation of God's people. Abraham's great nation in the land. And um, it was very, this is such a crucial um, stage in fulfilling God's promises, establishing a royal line through which Abraham's ultimate seed and covenant uh, would eventually come. So you see here a preservation of people. It started with preservation of mankind. And now also in the Abraham's covenant, it's the preservation of that seed that will eventually come. You know, in Galatians 3 verse 16, now the promises were made to Abraham, to his offspring. It does not say, and to offsprings, referring to many, but to one, and to your offspring, who is Christ. So um, all these covenants are pointing towards Christ. All these covenants are somehow would have a semblance of what uh, our New Testament believers would have in, in, in the future uh, at that time. So number four is the Davidic covenant. The Davidic covenant establishes that the Messiah would come from the lineage of David. So we talked about Abraham, that preserving that seed, establishing a royal line. Now we talk about what, what lineage would that seed come from? What lineage would that Messiah come from? <clears throat> um, it is from the lineage of David in the tribe of Judah. God makes a royal grant, a royal covenant, a royal grand covenant with David and his descendants that his house will rule over Israel forever. That God reaffirms the promise about the land he made in the first two covenants, the Abrahamic and Mosaic covenant. It says in 2 Samuel 7, 9 to 10, And I have been with you wherever you went and have cut off all your enemies from before you. And I will make you a great name, like the name of the great ones of the earth. And I will appoint a place for my people Israel people Israel and will plant them so that they may dwell their own place and be distributed no more. And violent men shall afflict them no more as formerly. You see that also in the Abrahamic covenant. And when your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, I will, this is verse 12, I will raise up your offspring after you. You shall come from your body and I will establish his kingdom. You shall be the house for my name. And I will establish a throne for his kingdom forever. I will be to him a father and he shall be to me a son. When he commits iniquity, I will, I will discipline him with a rod of men, with stripes of men, sons of men. But my steadfast love will not depart from him. And so as I took it from Saul, whom I put away before you, and your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever in a accordance with all these words in accordance with the vision Nathan spoke to David. So you will see here the similarities of the covenant. Uh, it's, it's similarities to the Abrahamic covenant. God's promises, both great name, <clears throat> both will conquer their enemies. Both have divine uh, human relationship, a uh, special relationship with God. A special line of offspring perpetuates both their names. And um, the offspring of both would mediate international or universal blessings and we see that in Luke so we're already somehow moving forward to the new covenant to the new testament Luke 1 32 to 33 he will be great and will be called the son of the most high this is Jesus and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David 
and he will reign over those house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom, kingdom there will be no end. So the Davidic covenant um, identifies um, where the offspring, where the lineage will come from, who will mediate for the international blessing or universal blessing, and the royal descendant of Abraham through David is actually Jesus. That's the, that's the line, the lineage of where Jesus would come from. So that's the Davidic covenant. Now we go to the last covenant, which is the new covenant. And as you know, uh, biblical narrative would tell us that um, they reigned, the uh, kings reigned, and at the same time, they were exiled because of their rebellion, because of their sins, because they were exiled, they were held in captive. And despite the persistent failure of God's people to fulfill their side of the covenant, and this is the part in which, wow, God, <laughs> I know this is a covenant and we've failed in terms of um, obeying, honoring you, loving you. We're actually rebellious, but God continued to pursue them. God still graciously reaches out to them and makes a new one. And in the new covenant, he promised that um, he will change their hearts, hearts that are for God and, and obedience towards him he will be their god and they will be his people he will forgive the sins of his people <clears throat> so jeremiah 31 31 to 34 it says here behold the days are coming declares the lord when i will make a new covenant with the house of israel and the house of judah not like the covenant that i made with their fathers on the day when i took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of egypt my covenant that i that they broke I, I want to pause with that. God knew that the that, that, that covenant was broken. Though I was their husband, declares the Lord, for this is the covenant I will make with the house official after those days, declares it. I will put my law within them. I will write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. I no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother saying, know the Lord for they shall know me. For the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sins no more. It's also said in Ezekiel 32, 26-27, I will give a new heart and a new spirit. I will put it within you and I will remove the heart of stone from flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Um, and I will put my spirit within you. And I, I put Ezekiel because it talks about the spirit of God being poured out. Spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. And as you know, in New Testament, whenever we do communion, this is the verse that we sometimes use or, or mostly use. In the same way, 1 Corinthians 11.25, in the same way, uh, also he took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink in remembrance of me. And last, this, and then it's just in the New Testament. It's the same set of verses that I read, but it's in the New Testament. Hebrews 10, 12 to 18. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting for from time until his enemies should be made the footstool for his feet. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all those who are being sanctified. And this is from um, quoting from the verse. And this, the Holy Spirit also bears witness to us for after saying, this is the covenant that I'll make with you after those days, declares the Lord. I'll put my laws in their hearts and write them on their minds. Then adds, 
Then he adds, I will remember their sins and their lawlessness no more. Where there is forgiveness of these and there is no longer any offering for sin. So ultimately, if you look at the five covenants, <clears throat> the fulfillment is Christ. You know, the law, um, the Mosaic law, Christ fulfilled it. Um, the, the royal line, um, Jesus is a royal line in the Davidic uh, covenant, in the Abrahamic covenant. And for us New Testament believers, this is something that, you know, I hope it is exciting us that um, there's a new kind of way that we ought to live with Christ. Um, it's not the same as the ones in the Old Covenant. And the idea of already but not yet. You know, when Jesus came here on earth, he already inaugurated his kingdom. That um, it was already present in Jesus and in his ministry at that time. But it's not yet consummated meaning it's not yet in its fullness but we can already live out his kingdom here on earth inaugurated but not consummated so it's already here but not yet fully here so we get to live out the kingdom living kingdom works kingdom life that god has, has that jesus has, has already started in his ministry the second is the promised holy spirit Um, because of the finished work of Jesus in the ascension um, comes in also the fullness of the work of the Holy Spirit, the work of the in us. Uh, Jesus promised to send the Spirit to those who are truly this, His disciples. So the, our relationship with God is somehow different because His very Spirit dwells in us. And He poured out His Spirit on His people in, the, in Pentecost. And um, the Spirit was given to bring glory to Jesus. Uh, so that um, he will be magnified as our Savior, our Redeemer. And that's a huge thing that we're able to live out in this world in power, in power in a sense that God resides in us, in power in a sense that um, that we are indwelt and, in, and, and empowered by God's Spirit in the way we live our Christian lives. So we, we are not to take credit, you know, I'm great, I'm a Christian, I'm good. It's really the very Spirit of God that works in us, that empowers us to live out, Uh, the Christian walk, and last would be the people of God. You know, the the, the promises of God um, have begun in a new community, the church, and um, it's us. You know, whether you are from Victory, whether you're from CCF and other GCF, or other churches, there is a community of believers that um, that are called children of God. There's the universal church. There's the there's the people of God that um, in which. You know, we are called to live out the beauty of the gospel, showing that Christ is our Savior. Christ is our Lord. That, 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 that the love of Christ is shared with others. And um, that's who we are. We are ambassadors. We are children of God. And as His people, we recognize that, you know, this is our life. And, 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 and this is a great uh, a life of joy, a life of security, a life of a relationship with God. But we are not yet in that uh, fullness of um, our relationship with Jesus. We are in an interim state. And then one day, you know, Jesus will come again. And all of us, I hope, we are eagerly awaiting for that return of Jesus. And the final consummation of all of God's promises. So uh, I hope this helps us as we... Uh, talk about covenants that we are blessed in the new covenant to have all the things that are in the old covenant fulfilled in Christ 
and now we are living in his kingdom uh in a kingdom that is not yet consummated inaugurated but be be kingdom um partakers even right now and we have the very spirit of god that works in us through us and also we are called children of god how, how good could it be how what else could beat that right we are to a sense children of made real because of the new covenant and i hope that helps us somehow uh, those were a lot to take in uh but uh, it's it, it secures us that you know we don't have to uh the relationship is something that is established you don't have to break our backs in a way to follow this laws dietary laws but really you know love christ and 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 loving christ we are empowered to live out what he has called us to be amen so i hope that helps us in somehow understanding having a glimpse of what covenants are and how everything's knitted together in christ okay thank you pastor Bandel, for that amazing talk we enjoyed it a lot and i'm sure it is very helpful also for the people watching today um i hope you guys enjoyed that and okay as always uh we'll be having a little q a after this uh we'll start off with nathan nathan do you want to ask your question Pastor Randall. Yeah, uh, so for you, um, how did you get into theology? How did you get into theology? How did I get in theology? I think, I'm not sure, I'm, I'm assuming we're all the same, but I had a lot of questions. Why did this happen? Uh, is this person saved? If I do this, will I be still be saved? I have so many questions when I was young. And um, even the smallest details I would ask, uh, like for example just an example um in terms of god's providence preservation you know preservation and god preserves everything in this world i even ask oh, a pastor for example it's just some sort of um i wouldn't say silly but it's really a, an inquiry how about this wood god preserves wood right uh, who does this the preservation is it is it the trinity is it um jesus because colossians 1 17 17 he upholds uh, he, uh, all things hold together in him so i had that inquisitive mind even in the smallest details so i ended up reading a lot oh this is what it is oh this is what it is so it's really the desire of knowing that and 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 and, 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 and it's hard to trust someone that you don't know and i'm a person who also I mean uh been so far away from god and i've questioned many things so those questions and i'm sure you know that all truth is god's truth so from one question to another would lead me to who god is and and as 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 as, as these questions and answers led me closer to god uh, because getting to know him in, in its for who he is not just what he can he can give puts me in awe and even up today I'm, I'm i'm always in search of getting to know god and 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 it's a basis in which you know we stand on the truth of god and and my, i want to encourage everyone here also because I, I i mentioned a while ago uh in our conversation that we don't want to be armchair theologians that we are just um learning because um for the sake of knowledge and because um it's school or whatever it is because for me before well theology is so cool but you know what the more that i got into it wow this is who you are now and the more we are filled of who god is mission making disciples loving people uh treating people right doing the right thing comes naturally because theology right theology orthodoxy 
leads to true worship. True worship, which is doxology, leads to right living or to praxis. So I think with that way of thinking that I want to worship you, God, for who you are. This is who you are, God. Wow, this is who you are. I'm going to worship you. And it empowers us to live well. So for me personally, it started with an inquisitive mind, but I also had, like you, a community who would... um, um, be there to, to talk about theology. I had mentors also. And then it reached the point that, you know, the hunger to get to know God, the hunger for the word just increases and increases. And it, up to now, I'm still in that pursuit. And I think we will never exhaust our our brains in getting to know God because, you know, God is infinite. So, yeah, that's how I got into theology. Okay, thanks, Kuya. Yeah, I think, we, I think we can all relate to that here in the podcast. I sent in and, yeah. Okay, so I guess it's a follow-up then, Kuya. So I think about many times, especially for evangelicals, right, where, you know, theology is like, you know, not a bad word, but, you know, a little bit of apprehension. So some may ask, why should we study theology? I don't think we can answer that. But for us, we agree that theology is important. So how can we answer those who may not see it the same way? Well, we all are theologians. Meaning, you pray, you're a theologian, you share a verse, you're a theologian, you trust God for provision, you trust God for healing, you're a theologian. Meaning, you based your belief in who God is. The question is, do you have the right theology? So, sometimes we can have, like for me, for example, um, before I wasn't a Christian yet, I never believed in hell, or if somehow I know it, but I don't fully believe in it because I feel that, you know, the suffering in this world is already hell, eventually we'll all go to heaven. That was my theology before I was a Christian. Sounds good, right? But that's universalism. So I was already in a wrong belief, trying to fit in my desires. So I think when, why study theology? Because it's, it's a study of God. And if we want to know who God is for who He is, we have to study the Word, study who He is. Because um, um, misinterpretation also leads to misapplication. So if you have a wrong view of who God is, you will live it, it out also the wrong way. Maybe some, if you don't understand grace in its truest sense, you will be so tired trying to perform before God, thinking that God would love us more. And Romans 5 says, is it 8? Yeah, 8. That um, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The fullness of God's love is given on the cross. But if you don't know that theology, you'll be so tired. Oh, I'm going to go attend service. I'm going to read 10 more chapters. I'm going to do this. We'll be, we'll, be, we'll be going back to legalism. Then God has already given it as grace. But in the absence of theology, you could be living the wrong way and actually destroying our lives maybe or just tiring ourselves, doing things pointlessly, aimlessly because we don't know who God is and what His precepts and His word would want us to do in our life today. Okay, thanks for that. was a good answer. Okay, so again, I think I'm done with my questions. So, I think we can go with um, Sam. Okay, yeah. Thank you for that, Pastor Brandel. Our next question is, how do we converse about it? How do we talk about it with other people and discuss them properly? Theology. Um, I think it um, that's why it, I like the term conversation. It's not uh, how do we teach them right away. It's a conversation. I, and I think all of us would have questions. And um, uh, I would say open-ended questions would be uh, a good start. Really, what made you say that um, God does not love you? 
really what made you say that you feel that you're not forgiven? Really what made you say that um, God is not present today? And with those questions, oh, you know what? I empathize is important. You know, I I, I would recognize that I, you could have, you know, it's a real feeling that we have. But it's good that uh, know what we believe in. It's not really based on how we feel. There is a standard of truth that, you know, even if we feel that He's far, God says that He is near. And that when we feel that we don't have access to Him, Hebrews 4.15 encourages us that, you know, draw in His throne of grace with confidence. Why can we draw in that grace with confidence? Because it says here, Jesus knows how we feel. We don't have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with us. You know what Jesus did on the cross? Why? Um, why we can... We can confidently have that access. He lived for us. He died for us. So that because God knows we cannot make it. We cannot make it by doing it on our own. We cannot go near him because it's a holy God. So Jesus made it all, did it all. That's why when we follow him and trust him, uh, that, that, that what he did on the cross is final, it's so liberating. You know, you know that you have that access. So right now you're already conversing, but you're somehow teaching. But you're just sharing who Jesus is to you. You're not putting that pressure. You know, this is what you should believe. This is really more of a conversation. So conversation teaching then we ask, well, I want that. I, I want that uh, that kind of living where I'm free to, to love God, um, not free from sin. I still have to obey. But there is a relationship in which that empowers me to do uh, what God for me to do so this is an example it's a conversation so so yeah i think um there are two things to think about there's a gospel proclamation and there's a gospel demonstration and i think in the gospel demonstration that's the part in which we we showcase god's love the way we converse the way we serve the way we help them and those things open with open doors for the proclamation and the teaching of the word of god I hope that helps. Thank you, Pastor Randall. Yeah, that does help a lot. And yeah, um, we can go over to um, our last question, which is from Jenny. And uh, thank you very much for answering the previous two questions, Pastor Brandel. I really like the sort of dichotomy or the struggle between really demonstrating the gospel, also proclaiming the gospel. So for the last question uh, for this episode, uh, this is a bit more technical, but I believe this is also essential in understanding our topic today of the covenant. So, can the unregenerate person be a member of the covenant? All right. Um, I'll just uh, clarify some terms. Maybe some would. Kaita koren pag nabinig ko bak magmusbid sa unregenerate ni. Unregenerate is um, not regenerated heart that is not changed. The other side of it is the reprobate, the one who is not a uh, Christian. And the, the Reformed theology is someone who is not an elect, diba? someone who is um, uh, who's not saved. So um, whether you are a Reformed, a Calvinist, or Arminian, um, a Christian, it is God who defines, or who it is God and that person who would really know if that person really loves God. In short, the divine transaction is from God and that person. So from our end, we will not know who is unregenerate and who is regenerated. So um, again, going back from our teaching of the covenants, uh, the covenants are for God's people. 
So in our New Testament theology, it's for Christians, it's for believers. So the quick answer is no, because it's a covenant between God's people. But we are not to second guess, oh, is he a Christian or not? Is he elect or not? Is he a regenerate person or not? We will never know that. So our goal is to share the gospel, preach the gospel, share the love of Christ, walk with that person, journey with that person, establish a relationship with that person in a discipleship kind of relationship, and then and then be in that spiritual community. If that person does not accept, still love that person. You preach the gospel again. I remember one, one uh, theologian preacher said, if that person does not respond to the gospel, does that person make uh, does that become make a person uh, unregenerated? Uh, preach the gospel again. If the person does not believe, preach the gospel again. Preach the gospel again. Preach the gospel. All to say that it is God, and as you know, it is the Holy Spirit who regenerates the heart. Uh, is that person elect? We don't know. And so that it's it is God. So our job is really to to preach the gospel, magnify God's love, and God will work it through. If that person is elect from the reformed theology of um then um then it that person will be saved but we have the responsibility to preach the gospel so the quick answer is no because the covenant is for god's people but the practical application of it is that not for us to second guess who is the elect and who is the reprobate who is the regenerate who is uh, about to be christian but god defines that our goal is to be the bearer of god's love bearer of God's truth, pro- proclaiming and demonstrating uh, the gospel to the people. And it's the Holy Spirit who would who would um, make that person um, a believer. And it's also the Holy Spirit who would empower the person to live out Christianity. So I hope that helps. Yeah, so follow-up <laughs> question lang, Pastor Brandel. So earlier we've talked about the unregenerate partner. So mm-hmm. about this question, it's how do children of believers enter the covenant? So a bit of a context po sa question na to. Uh, it's about those who grew up in church. Siguro, kasi mm-hmm. I, may na, napakinggan po ako sa Wretched Radio ni Tad Friel. Mm-hmm. So he talked about two paths of mm-hmm. those children of believers. So one path is that they will grow up to love God. But the other mm-hmm. path is that they will grow in familiarity, which is a very hard place to be in, in which... Mm-hmm. They may lead to atheism or a lack of faith in God. So I am talking about po that path in which those children are really losing their faith, because they've been too accustomed to the tenets or the activities of Christianity, in which they don't have a relationship na with God. Okay. So how do they enter the covenant, or how can we deal with that problem of their familiarity? How can we help them, or if we ourselves are in that situation, how can we address that? Po? I think I like that but you mentioned the word relationship with God and um, the relationship is not something that we can force on people and um, some people grow up in an inherited kind of Christianity which is not true Christianity my dad's a Christian so I'm a Christian as well that's not true as you know because what how can a person be a Christian Romans and verse 9 if you confess your mouth to Jesus Lord and believe in your heart you will be saved, that, that he was raised from the dead and you will be saved. So there's a part in which the 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 I don't know the child or the person, the young person who is growing in the precept of God because he grew up in that environment would have still have to have that acknowledgement and um 
uh, realization, understanding of what the gospel is. But that person, if that person is in a in a place where there's a Christian community, um, that person is already blessed because it's 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 a shaping influence for that person. So I go back again to the language of discipleship. That's why it's important, you know. There's an age of accountability, you know. Some, some, there's no particular age, but the, when that person comes to that consciousness or awareness or embracing of the gospel, because a four-year-old would say that Jesus is Lord, a three-year-old would say that, but is it something that is real in terms of um, dealing with the sin, understanding what Christ did for? So there's an age uh, depends on the maturity level. So again, we still go back to the basic. Um, that um, um, that that we are still shared uh, God's word. Um, it is uh, said in uh, even in the Old Testament, um, making them grow in the knowledge of God, in making them. I, I was reading this parenting book. It's called um, uh, I forgot the title, but it's is it Christian? anyway. It talks about the path of the divine. So as parents, as disciples, there's a path to God, and our prayer is that we lead them to that path. But again, uh, it is the Holy Spirit that would lead that person, that young person, to Christ. So uh, there's no um, there's no borrowed faith, but Christianity. So in being in the covenant, still the same. It's um, acknowledging Jesus um, that He's your Lord and Savior, and giving your heart fully, and um, and we trust that the Holy Spirit's work will change that person heart to a new creation born again christian born again with a new heart second Corinthians 5 17 anyone is christ a new creation um then then there's part of the covenant so so i i, I want to remove that part in which that person is blessed if that person have christian parents teaching pe- teaching the precept but at some point that person should come to that knowledge love understanding acceptance awareness of who what the gospel is who christ is and have that inner conviction of giving that his or her life to christ i hope it's that helps the question yeah it's it's a nice reminder lang pastor brandel that it doesn't matter if we have the connections or the family bonds but it's really our personal decision, or not our personal decision, but the regeneration of the Holy Spirit upon our lives that yeah. is backed up by our faith, which is really important. Po. So with that, Pastor Brandel, we'd like to thank you on behalf of our member JV and Sam and Nathan to really help us to really unpack the truth of the covenants. And we know that your business, uh, your schedule is quite busy, po, Pastor Brandel, in serving in victory. Yeah. So. Our prayer lang for you is that you would continue to serve mightily po in your ministry in victory. Well, thank you. And yes, I, po. sorry to, I just want to honor you. Yes, I mean, I, 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 we, I, we said this before shooting or before recording, but I want to honor you for taking this time to dig deep in God's word because that's what the world needs. I mean, look at Instagram, look at Facebook. It's just really parang... Uh, the world would want to pull us away from doctrine, would pull us away from um, pop culture, would want to put us away in loving God and uh, somehow compromising. Okay, like that, like that. But, but this truth of the matter is because, you know, when something happens to you, it's not really the emotions that would, oh, I felt great. Uh, but 
that, that would spur you on in loving God and obeying and getting out of that a specific problem. But it is the truth of God that we are holding on to. That's why I like the title, Truth of the Matter, because we're holding on God's truth. And uh, at the same time, not scare people when it comes to theology, but as young people as you you guys, some are na kopya na rin maging young. But um, uh, that we it's not it's okay to learn. It's okay to discover God. It's, sometimes there will be mistakes. That's why there is a theology that happens together. Uh, we get to learn um, God together. So I wanna salute everyone and um, honor everyone that you're doing a great job and. Um, I'm sure that um, a lot of people would grow in 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 in, in this podcast if they listen to it. Yeah, we salute din po. Uh, we salute you din po, Pastor Brandel, kasi sabi nga po, I believe it's in James that those who teach will have stricter judgment. So we do as much as possible, really want to apply in our own lives as much as we want to impart it to the lives of others. So again, once again, thank you very much, Pastor Brandel, for this opportunity. In closing, uh, I'd like to appreciate all of those who are involved in this podcast i also like to appreciate uh, our other members that i haven't mentioned in before so we have members such as bettina vicente and uh papi thank you very much for helping us with our tech and design team and also uh in lang uh, this closes the three-part episode of imago day but next episode we'll have a special episode which is the question and answer portion with another pastor from victory fort bonifacio so he's our special guest so secret muna and we'll reveal it next week so with that thank you very much i hope you would like share and subscribe in our youtube channel and also uh, follow our fb pages and if you can see meron tayong bagong episodes uh, facebook which is which are called truth applied so they are mini series based off of our main episodes and they will tackle application points which you can apply in your personal lives based on these episodes so thank you very much guys for joining and God bless us all. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Thanks for watching. Thanks for watching. Thank you, Pastor Brandle.